Finally, it's previews time. Back in the warm embrace of Talking TV are Chris Curtis and Stephen D. Wright. Uh, we will start with Big Box, Little Box. Uh, no, it's not a confused dance move. It's ITV's attempt to tackle gadgets. Uh, there's more than a hint of Gogglebox about this. Families and friends give their verdict on high-tech gizmos by chatting to one another rather than to the camera. Uh, in this clip, three households are trying out a gadget that allows you to fry food at your table. Oh, this is so cool. I'd be very tempted to buy this. I think it looks fun. It's quite convivial for a dinner party. There's a whole social aspect to it that I, I really like. It's the fondue party thing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I like, like this. Do you want some chicken now then? Yeah, I'll try the chicken now, sweetheart. This is really fun. Yeah. It is, isn't it? Yeah. I actually I love this. What's this? Try that. I'm not sure if it's good. I'm sure it's Tuna. 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 Mm. <laughs> How did you guys find this? I found it very peculiar. I uh, I watched it and was quite surprised by it because it didn't feel prime time to me. It didn't feel funny enough. It's going to go out at eight thirty. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it, 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 that surprised me because it felt a little bit daytime and a bit so what. I think the biggest problem was it wasn't funny enough. You could see the sort of oh we'll get a little bit of goggle box in here and it's going to be really entertaining, but it didn't really entertain me. It, it was. A bit interesting. It wasn't. It wasn't as like the Gadget Man or Tomorrow's World or whatever. I, you didn't really care about the gadgets so much, nor did you really care about the people, and their insights weren't so profound that you were like, oh wow, that's really something. So it it fell between a few stools for me, and I'd be really interested to see what the audience make of this at eight thirty because it does not feel to, like a prime time show to me at all. I think what they're trying to do is, in the way that Gogglebox isn't really a show about TV, it's a show about families. I think they're trying. This isn't really a review show. I didn't really get any sense of whether I should buy a tiny electric car. You're not going to get any or, searing insight or, or a Japanese uh, grill. I didn't. You know that 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 was almost like the kind of. In the same way that you don't get the sort of you know the stellar reviews of, of TV shows that you get on Talking TV, Gogglebox. <laughs> Absolutely, it's Gogglebox. Obviously, a pale imitation. Of but did you think, Chris? Did you think it was funny? I was chuckling rather than belly. It didn't. It wasn't as funny as Gogglebox. Not 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 even close. There were. But I, is I that because the, Gogglebox is so established now? Possibly. I thought. And that, you know all the characters so well. I thought so the well. casting was okay. I thought that the you know the mm. four lads in the house. I, mm. well, so what's interesting could, is you could see the potential. That's the thing. It just it felt. It didn't feel that strong as an episode. Now this is always a problem with comedy. You need you need repetition and familiarity with comedy. But so maybe maybe it will be funny by episode three. And you'll be like those lads. They go, oh, wait, what will they do this week? And you know, what about that mm. kind of the Asian family who were quite cool? And there was you know, you can see they've they've got the dad and the Asian dad. Yeah, yeah, quite the Asian a bit dad of a character and it, the hand phone. That yes, was funny. exactly. <laughs> I, I think you know, there's all this. There's this thing, isn't there, about authenticity at the moment? That everyone's chasing authenticity. And there were moments in this where. Either you know the older couple were talking to one another, or the families were interacting. Where it did feel as though they weren't on TV, and they did feel like they were talking to each other in a normal way. And that's nice. If you, the more they can mine of that, the better. But the review side of things, the gizmos, I didn't. You know, I, I wasn't totally convinced on that. And it was chuckles rather than belly laughs for me. I mean, ITV needs a factual hit, doesn't it? Well, I mean, you know, Long Lost Family, I would argue, is, a, is definitely a factual hit. I mean, or maybe I should uh, re, re, rephrase that. Richard Klein, the 
director of factual needs a needs a factual hit. Well, this isn't going to be it, so uh, <laughs> you probably should just keep looking. Um, but I think one of the big problems is that people think real people are really interesting, and real people need a hell of a lot of producing. You know, Gogglebox has got something like 17 edit producers working mm-hmm. on it. And he's like, you know, there is a lot of work goes into making something look artful and throwaway. Mm. And of course, the problem with Gogglebox now is you can see the hand of the producers too much. Whereas on this, it was as if the producers were on holiday. It did feel like a bit like it had been shot by a couple of APs and, put and compiled in the edit and was waiting for another pass. It didn't feel produced enough it didn't feel clever enough it didn't and, and this is the problem with it with entertainment as opposed to factual you know this isn't a documentary this is supposed to entertain us yeah. it needs a bit more gloss a, a, you know a few more layers of varnish or whatever it is that to, to make it shine and, and and this is the problem with you know oh real people on tv real people on tv are just like real people in real life boring as hell <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You've got to really, really squeeze that, get the most extreme characters, the most extreme... So, you know, they're, they're competing with sitcoms. They're competing with entertainment shows. You know, it, people just chatting. You know, I mean, look at the, the Channel 4's Night Bus, things like that. They're not that interesting. They, you know, they're, So I'm a bit worried about this kind of fashion, this kind of post-gogglebox fashion for real people talking. It'd be like having a two-hour version of this podcast. It's not that fun. <laughs> so, Big Box Little Box is made by Initial, and it debuts on Thursday the 4th of June at 8.30pm. Uh, now we flick over to BBC One for the latest variety show to hit our screens, uh, titled The John Bishop Show. Uh, channel favourite John Bishop will handpick performers to do their thing at the Hackney Empire. Here, the comedian kicks off the night, complaining about his 20-year-old son. You know what I think should happen? I think there should be a hyper. You know, like when you go to Disneyland and there's a hyper, and if the kids are big enough, they can't get on the ride. I think when you and your missus have kids, you should measure each other, and then you should have a hyper in your house. And as soon as your kids are bigger than you, they can piss off. <laughs> It's even worse now. My youngest son is now 17, so I go, what who's 20, what who's 19, what who's 17? They're all men. When they're all in our house having tea. I've never had that many men in our house since we had the loft done. <laughs> Stephen, do you want to kick us off on this? Oh. <laughs> I feel like I'm in a bad mood today. But uh, no, I mean, this was good. It was good, but it was again a little bit so what? I mean, I feel like I've seen this before. And it didn't quite feel as good as Sunday Night at the Palladium, the ITV version. Mm. That was in my head, because obviously that's on, on air at the moment. That felt uh, like at the BBC copying ITV, and I hate when that happens. So, you know, I like John Bishop. The acts individually were all quite good, but it was all a bit like, it's just exactly the same as the Palladium. And that was the sort of overriding feel that, you know, maybe maybe it's just because they're on at the same time. If it was one on in the spring, one was in the autumn I'd have forgotten. Yeah. But it did feel a bit too samey. Chris knows I've got a, a bit of a problem with this show because you, for all the reasons you've just explained and the fact that it's scheduled now as well when Sunday Night at the Palladium is just on. I just They've just had the Michael McIntyre show really at Easter. Really you know. And Britain's Got Talent Britain's as got well. Talent, yeah. Got, yeah, I've <laughs> heard of that. has a bit of a variety mm. feel to it. I just don't understand why the BBC's doing this. I think they're trying to do, bizarrely enough a slightly sort of indie version of a variety show. So a very, you know, mainstream channel, BBC One, mainstream host, John Bishop. And then, you know, you've got, I mean, I don't know, Paul Weller. Paul Weller, Paul Weller <laughs> opened an All right, show. So Felicity but, Ward, who yeah, I've yeah, never heard, she was great. So, okay, yeah. so what no, you've got, you, you, had yeah. a, you had a little-known um, uh, Aussie mm. comic, female comic, quite interesting, 
Trevor Noah, who is very much a rising star, but for the vast majority of the BBC One audience, mm. they will not have heard of this guy. Um, and they had another comic who I thought was perf- perfectly decent. And in fact, he's yeah. so little known that I can't think what the chap's name was. Acaster. And he was, and he was good as well. And I mm. so I think they're trying to do with this is take a very mainstream conceit, you know, big name comic live at a big London theatre and then introduce acts that Mm. people haven't seen. Um, And there's some value in that, but beyond that, I I think that's a difficult thing to to achieve because, to me, I couldn't work out whether it fell a bit between the mainstream and 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 the sort of slightly alternative. Trevor Noah's done a pot live at the Apollo. We've seen him already, and he's about to take over the Daily Show in America. So, you know, he's 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 not that radical uh, radical anymore. The, the the woman, the Felicity, was quite unusual. But I thought it, she was excellent, and I'd ne- I, but yeah, yeah, she was I great. Mean, but just felt like, why am I her. watching another variety show? Another same, you know. There's it's a narrow field, the variety world, especially good variety. You know, those acts are are great, but there's only so many of them, and. We're already seeing them on nearly every channel. I've certainly done without the acrobats to start. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> because because I just thought, oh, you know, here we go again. Mm. And and there was some stronger stuff later on in mm. the in the show, but starting with some you know cute young children doing backflips, that did make me think, oh, here we go again. So the way you've described it as giving new talent a platform, that to me would have been the way to sell this show but I don't really feel like that that's coming through in the marketing. That's too subtle I mean yeah. it's there but it's not yeah. it's not the overriding no. theme because if it was if it was you know John Bishop's new variety show or something then you could you could you know you could say well it's got a, a purpose here then it should be on the BBC but if it's John Bishop's palladium style variety mm. show with some of the same acts you're like oh okay so you can pass your own verdict on The John Bishop Show, which starts on Saturday the 30th of May on BBC One.